Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they have free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, and San Diego's own Nikki Snacks Kreider. We're back. Follow us on Instagram at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore because why not? Go follow us. It'll be fun. We'll talk to you about anything you want to talk about. It doesn't even have to be sports. Uh, but speaking of sports, NBA playoffs, Celtics, my Celtics, down one nothing in one of the worst third quarters of basketball I've ever seen. Toss, your Mavs are down after game one. Blowout against Golden State. We'll start with you. Takeaways. Unfortunately, I we agree with you on the Wiggins point you made last episode, and it was karma. Uh, he came out swinging. Um, but I'd love to hear from your perspective how you feel about that game one. Obviously, it's only game one, and anything could happen going forward. There's no reason to overreact. Um, but maybe some surprises from the Warriors and some surprises from your Mavs. Um, I guess I'm a little surprised, and this would be a, a similar surprise that I that I feel about the Celtics as well, is that both teams got three days of rest after their game seven. And or two full days of rest, and then they played on the third day. Sure. Which was different from, you know, in the midst of this series where they were really only getting one full day of rest. Um, and both teams looked tired, and they looked like they were feeling the exhaustion from the Game 7. So I'm surprised a little bit, especially because Marcus and Al didn't play in the Celtics game, and... Dallas doesn't have a lot of guys that have been in, deep in the playoffs before. I'm surprised that these guys don't have fresh legs, especially a guy like Luca, who I really feel like didn't have his legs underneath him um, from from the jump. He had a decent first half, but he he by the end of the game he shot pretty poorly, and I feel like it was one of his worst playoff games, if not the worst playoff game he's had. Um, mm-hmm. And so you don't want to see that momentum peter out for either of those teams after they win really tough game sevens, but such is life. It's game one. These are long series. There's a lot of basketball left to play and both Ime and, and coach kid um, have been fantastic at uh, making adjustments defensively, offensively, and you kind of have to feel the team out. I mean, mm. you, you get, it's one game. It's one look. It's really hard to make a lot of assessments just based off of this first game. I mean, my assessments, if you were to just look at it through a microscope would be that the Warriors are clearly the better team. They were at home. Most teams at home in the playoffs shoot better. They shot fantastically outside of Steph and clay in the first half. And then in the second half, Steph showed up, clay showed up. They hit some big shots. Every time the the Mavs tried to chip away, you know, there was an auto Porter one-legged fadeaway too. There was a Andrew Wiggins, you know, contested three, like, those are the shots that go in a lot of times when you're on uh, when you're at home and you have the the home crowd behind you and you're you're not batting an eye when there's a, a you know a tight closeout or 
um, any sort of run from the the opposing team. But I thought that the Mavs kind of shot themselves out of this one in the in the first quarter. Um, they shot 15 threes in the first quarter. Obviously, this is a high-volume three-point shooting team. Um, but sometimes you have to make those quick adjustments. If it's not falling, figure out another way to score. So mm-hmm. those are kind of my takeaways. Um, they didn't lose by as much as they beat the Suns in Game 7, and that's all I was hoping as they, they went into the second half. I was like, just don't let this be like a 35 point loss and it ended up being a 25 point loss so um kind of grasping at straws there but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll take what we can get the they threw a lot of length at, Lu- at luca when he when he came up to start um and we had a lot of conversations about playing their bigs off the court but that didn't seem like an issue really they were able to kind of set draymond back and have Otto porter and have wiggins at him uh, obviously those guys hit big shots but um again kind of you know parlaying it to talk about the celtics depth is huge we learned that the warriors have the depth the warriors have the experience they have the depth going to golden state so tough look it's not like you're going to even go as tough it is to go to play in boston you're not going to go playing in golden state might be one of the toughest places to play with their current team this is a they got three rings these guys some of them two you know, this is this is a championship building. So going in there and winning game one was for a team that's never been to the Western Conference Finals, like with this, you know, current roster, it was going to be tough. Um, so I don't think, again, it's a reason to ma- bat a major eye, um, but scoring the, the basketball in different ways. I said the Heat Celtics series was going to have to come down to uh, the tertiary pieces, the sides, not the mains, not the brisket, not the turkey, but the sides interesting that those are the two barbecue meats i go with uh and in some ways i was right because not having al and not having marcus even though you put marcus aside i guess showed how much depth we need how much of a strength that was for the celtics also marcus smart being the point of attack on defense versus jimmy butler would have been huge and having al horford nothing against robert will but having al horford to spell rob will in the paint would have been massive he's a more disciplined defender a good rebounder, but rebounding wasn't really the issue. Jimmy Butler got to the line 18 times and went 17 from 18. The Mavs struggled from the line in the first half. Not massively. It's not like they went to the line every single play, but they struggled from the line in the first half. They didn't didn't shoot the three ball well. And you're right. You have to find a different way to score. I was wrong in the sense, because once again, me along with so many people discredit the pedigree of Jimmy Butler and he truthfully might be, forget top 10, top 15, all that. He might be the most underrated player in basketball. He got 40 points and went 0 from 2 from 3. And you look, and I had conversations with other people because I had to look through a different lens. We live and die by the three ball. We put so much emphasis on the three ball in today's NBA. And there's, I understand there's analytics to go behind it, and we've been privy now behind the scenes to some basketball players talking about analytics. But look at the guys who are in contention for MVP. Giannis is not a three-ball shooter. Jokic can hit a three for sure, not his game, really. Embiid is a threat from three, not his game. All of a sudden, the three-ball that we've been living and dying by may not be the best way to the finals. It may be the Warriors' way to the finals because that's their bread and butter. 
But Jimmy Butler got to the line 18 times, and he went 17 of 18 from the free throw line, from the stripe. The Celtics are going to have to play a more different, more you know, disciplined brand of basketball. And it may come down to a Jason versus Jimmy type situation versus, you know, whose sides or tertiary pieces can play better. Because if their best player is going to drop 40, our best player, and I know I've come on the show many a times and let my green and white heart bleed for number seven, Jalen Brown, but the best player on the Celtics, without question, any day of the week, twice on Sundays, is Jason Tatum. And if Jimmy Butler is going to go get 40, he's got a match. He he's got a match from tit for tat. And it's in Miami and Miami is just as hard of a place to play their championship. Look, we discussed this on the show. These are, these are four major, pro, you know, more, four major franchises in the NBA. Yeah. Dallas may be like the least of the four, which is crazy, which is crazy though, because think about us growing up. Like they have one of the 15, 20 best players of all time. One of the 15 best players of our lifetime. They've got a championship, which how many teams have a champ? Like Knicks, Knicks team made the Western Conference Finals. They won their first Western Conference Finals for the f- game for the first time last year. Right? Like I saw, I do you, do you guys forget that was the case? I, I saw a graphic. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot that was even the case. Like how big of a deal it was for the Clippers to get that far last year. Like winning in the NBA is so tough and the Mavs have a ring and they have a finals appearance, which Toss, I don't know if this is the time and place for it maybe should have two rings uh, because of some officiating in that series. Um, but, you know, this is – it's and I forgot I, like another thing, just going back, just dating ourselves once more. They showed bef- right before the game, and I was like, oh, no. Because I was I watched the pregame at the gym. I was on the treadmill at the gym, and I saw the pregame. They, they flashed, like, obviously they were going to show, like, when the Mavs and the Warriors met in the playoffs, you know, like the whole of the history. Right. And they flashed the – number eight beating the number one which is crazy it was a huge it was a huge deal it was one of the biggest flops an nba franchise has had in the last 21 years i mean the the maps were not only the one seed but they were also they also had the best record in the nba dirk won mvp that year Uh, it, it was that was really like the time where they were supposed to make the run and contend for a title turns out it happened four years later, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a hugely embarrassing loss and against, you know, it was a gritty, a gritty Warriors team, definitely not the same sort of uh, identity that this team currently has. This is a winning team. Um, This is a team that's won multiple championships, like you said, but I don't know. I, I don't necessarily even agree that the Warriors are a live and die by the three ball team either. I think that what I saw yesterday and why they're so tough to guard defensively is because they're in constant motion. Clay is one of the best cutters in basketball. You got like three open layups. doesn't matter if his shot's not following. That's six points that's uncontested at the rim because it was a backdoor cut and there was no help side defender. Um, That to me is the most impressive thing about these Steve Kerr coach teams is their ability to get just tremendously easy buckets, which doesn't happen, which is a reason why Jimmy Butler is, it should be such a phenomenon if any NBA fan is watching because he can't shoot the three ball very well, but he still ended up with 40 points and you have to, you have to finagle, finagle your way into 
putting the ball into the basket, whether that's getting to the line, whether that's shooting the mid-range, attacking the rim, you know, um, getting layups at the rim or floaters in the lane. And he does that really, really well. I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities in the Heat game. Gabe Vincent had 17 points. Like, that's that's tough to swallow if you're a Celtics fan, right? Struce had like 13 or 14. Um, some of these guys step up when they're, when they're at home, especially, and you're talking about Tatum. I mean, he still ended up with almost 30 Brown had less than 20 points and that's tough when he's basically scoring the same as Gabe Vincent. It's a huge win in the heats, uh, in the heats category there. So there's still a lot of basketball left to play. And I I don't want to jump the gun on either of these series yet, but if you're Nick, you got to be feeling pretty good about your predictions here because the heat are up one Oh, and the Warriors are up one Oh. Yeah, and Spencer Dinwiddie is probably not feeling great that he's not going to get his $1 bonus when the Mavs don't win the championship. What is up with that? $1 bonus? It's bizarre, but you know his his Western Conference Finals bonus is like 560000 It's quite hefty. So there's a lot of incentives there. I think it's just like, I don't know. He's an interesting guy. He's like really smart, but he's like really, he's aggressively confident the way he plays and how he is uh, outside of the court. Uh, he's an, he's an interesting guy, but I did appreciate he was like the only one that played with some fire yesterday. Everyone else felt like felt like they were on the back of their heels. Yeah, 17 so. points, right? Yeah. I very much enjoy him. And it's funny you bring up Dinwiddie. And before I get to him, there's, there's two things I want to say on the points you made. The where I text you, I text in our group text last night. They moved the ball so well, and that came from the play when Clay was cutting, and then he hit that drop pass to Kevon Looney, who just had an easy slam. Like that was just such poetry in motion, and that's first of all Looney and Thompson playing so well together, and that's what irked me. I, everyone's jumping down Nick Wright's throat, and on one hand, I'm about to slip and slide on in. On the other hand, like, look, you're going to get wrong sometimes as an analyst, and I respect him at least, you know, going for his prediction. But yeah, I mean, but he's more right than he's been wrong. He was the only one that said the Mavs were going to be in the Western Conference Finals, and look, here they are. So no, yeah, I'm not like I, you're going to shoot your shot, and I'm with yeah, him. His name is Nick. Wrong. Name is Nick Wright, not Nick Wrong. Yeah, it's like, the uh, thing with his point about Clay. That was like Clay doesn't dribble the basketball. Sure, but Clay is one of the best off-ball players on offense of our lifetime. The guy is always moving, always finding an open slot, always finding like breathing room. And he's great at going to the rack without the basketball, which shuts up other players. Uh, And then to Jimmy's point, Jimmy finding other ways to score. You know, we've talked about this, you know, throughout the first part of our show, but people forget Jimmy Butler. People look at him as a guard forward and still classify him. Like when we think of guard forward, still, I feel like we think of like six, four to six, six, like Jimmy Butler is like a six eight, strong dude. Jimmy Butler going to the rack is not your typical quote unquote two three. Like the people viewed him as coming into the league, he's a big boy going to the rack. That is a strong man. It's tough to it's tough to defend. So I think obviously uh, him scoring in that capacity, um, he's lethal going there. He's so tough. He's as strong as some of our bigs. Um, you need Jalen to have a better shooting night you need him not to go 60 percent from the line he went six of ten which is you know it's not like he's going 18 to the line but 10's a good amount of times getting to the line just only going home with six you at least got to get me eight back to dinwiddie we always do cross sports you know across ba- baseball basketball cross sport athletes but i feel like as like you know we become more seasoned like hosts radio hosts podcasters 
we've taken like you know we've taken the foot off the gas and enjoying stop and smell the roses enjoying the pch so i'd like to cross dinwiddie to one of our friends he reminds me of our friend berman who's also into crypto you know dinwiddie takes a lot of his paycheck in crypto and puts a lot of it in crypto he's a very peculiar guy smart doesn't make you know doesn't make kind of a sense of what you can't really predict what he's going to do it seems monetarily so he reminds me of our friend justin and i wanted to there, and give that I a shout this inspires me to start a segment every episode to just describe a little bit of justin berman to the audience Talk just so to they get a, a a more vivid picture of who he is as we go along this this show mm-hmm. yeah because he is one of the most interesting people i've ever met and it's absurd give us a yeah. tidbit nick Give us something. Get, what would you say is the most abs- one of the most absurd? There's aspects so many. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that he's pretty much nocturnal, right? Like goes to sleep at what, like six a.m. We could leave it at that. Yeah, he, one of our buddies goes. He go would get playing on moving to Columbia this past he, year. Yeah, yeah, he did do that for a month, and he didn't see any of the city because he's nocturnal. So those two things combined. <laughs> He spent most of his time in his apartment, but he said it was awesome. Um, what <laughs> what do the Mavs have to fix? Like one or two things, like you want one or two adjustments you want to see. Well, some of what you were talking about, their help side defenders had a lot of success because the shots weren't falling. If the shot falls, then the big that that gets to chill in the paint, the Draymond, the Kavon Looney, has to be moved outside of the paint to respect the shooters in the corners. Um, and then that allows more driving lanes for Luca. I think for me, it just, I, I don't want to see stagnation in their offense. So if Luca gets his one run, he gets the switch, he gets the defender that he, that he has, um, on him, that's fine. And he can attack there. And I, and I trust him in, in that capacity. Um, but when other guys have it, when, when Brunson has it, when Dinwiddie has it, I want to see more off ball screens. I want to see more, um, screens to the ball handler as well just more action just more movement um and then for me it's defensively it's that that drop off pass to Kevon Looney is something I've seen again and again from the Mavs where if there are four seconds left on the shot clock they feel like they've won the, the possession defensively but it's never over until the red light is blinking on the back of of the basket and too many times are they saying okay we've won the possession and then it's a quick extra pass to a weak side guy at the rim and he has an easy flush or it's a quick pass to a shooter that's that's doesn't have a hard contest to him because there's one second left on the shot clock it's it's stuff that happened in the suns series as well where we kind of just give up um thinking that we've already won the possession defensively but we haven't um you you haven't won it until you do something like draymond did to dorian finney smith in the corner where he hard contested and blocked the shot when there was one second left on the shot clock. So I, I think just a lot of times the Mavs, they give that first leg of effort, but they don't give the second wave of effort that you have to have in playoff series. Um, it's the same thing. It's like you, you can test a guy and then he passes, he swings the ball, but it's Steph or Clay and then they cut back door. And it's like, you have to stay with them for the entire possession. So for me, that's, that's the big, uh, step forward I want to see defensively and then as I mentioned offensively some of the shots just need to fall and I'd like to see just some more action mm-hmm. yeah I'm with you on the possession and being more patient because there's a lot of times 
the Celtics can show their quote unquote, even though they've been this, they've been in this situation a multitude of times, they can show their youth in forcing bad shots. There was a couple of Neesmith possessions who, again, that just goes to our depth. If, if, if Horford and Smart aren't playing, Aaron Neesmith's not playing. Right. And he's and no shot on him. Like he could still be a good player, but it's tough to just bring a young guy like that, like off the pine when he's barely been playing this playoffs and stick him into like 12 minutes matter, like 11, 12 minutes matter. That's what he was playing. And there was a lot of times that we passed up open looks and just over moved the ball. And it felt to him with like a contested three point shot, which, you know, is not his, is not his shot. His shot is the open three, but he went over three. So I'd love for us to, I'd love for Jason and Jalen to be a bit more aggressive. Um, and I'd love for Jalen to kind of just find his game, obviously, uh, in this upcoming um, game too. But we'll see how that breaks down. We're the charity stripe. Be back in just a hot second. Don't go anywhere. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tsopos in San Diego's own Nikki Snacks Crider. We're back, baby. It's the charity shot pitcher free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Sopos, and Nikki Snacks Kreider. If you like us, go listen to us more. We have a Horns Up Talking Texas podcast with Quan Cosby where we talk Texas football and such. A lot of all things Texas. Nick has the Ring the Bell pod talk. Uh, Padres talk. One day I'm going to get it. And that's with Heath Bell. Nick and Heath are going to do a, a live show soon in the coming weeks. Y'all are going to meet up in Texas. And I think we're going to get some Nick. We were talking about it on the line to Chick-fil-A, which, by the way, I hadn't eaten meat in almost two years. And I had Chick-fil-A with Nick the other day, and it was so good. That was your and, first time in Chick-fil-A in like two years? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I haven't eaten well, I know. You, yeah. well, you had said you'd been working meat back into your diet, so I didn't know what that was. Were you just eating like little niblets of like chicken <laughs> here and there or like? <laughs> no, it was I, I was working it back in. Like I had Chipotle. I had going okay, going Chipotle is like going in. Cause like yeah, for me that's like heavy. That's like welcome back. Yeah, yeah. It was a welcome back moment. Um to the is my welcome back moment. And you know, that was but that I got suckered into that quick story there. Like it was BOGO if you had a hockey jersey at Chipotle. So I went with our buddies, a lot of shout outs again, Eric and George. Eric took my Islanders Johnny Tavares hockey jersey, and George took our buddy. You have a hockey jersey too. I'm, I thought he was going to show up in your He's Dallas a lightning party. jersey. Toss is a lightning jersey. That's what it is. It's and, a Vincent Lucaglia. <laughs> and it sounds like it's like you know, it sounds like a clothing brand almost. Like when you said that, the uh, John Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> George shows up in Will, our buddy Will's like jj watt hockey version sweatshirt so i pay with george we do the bogo together and then eric's up next and the cashier i guess sees george walking away and the cashier goes to eric he goes ah that's a jj watt jersey that guy got me like as if like he snuck one past and like it wasn't a real hockey player let's let's talk about that should he have been allowed to have gotten the bogo with a hockey style football jersey no no, I mean the promotion was for the NHL playoffs, so technically no. No, I agree. But I agree. I'm right. Does the yeah. Chipotle employee really give you two know. craps? <laughs> uh, I don't think he gives. I don't think he gives two craps. I think it was more of his pride that he got got. You know what I'm saying? By him right there. Uh, but yeah, it's funny because Nick- like the fa- the the average Chipotle goer that like knows how to work the system, where you like you order double meat, but you order it 
after they've already scooped it, like you ask them to like just put more meat on or instead of saying it at the beginning when you first start the order, I want double meat, in which case they're going to charge you for double meat. So everyone's always like, oh, the workaround is you wait, you let them plop the chicken on your bowl or on your, in your burrito. And then you say, actually, can I have a little bit more meat? And then you're getting double meat without paying for it. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone that that always works that kind of loophole is like, oh, I beat the system. But Nick, you're absolutely right. I don't think that any of the employees actually care. They're just like, what's Where's one it? more half scoop of chicken meat? Like, right, exactly. You know, you can get a free tortilla. My roommate, Brandon, I mean, I do the same thing every now and then when I get a bowl, you ask for a tortilla on the side and they just give it to you. Avocado for some reason, if, or not avocado, guac is like 250 to put inside now? your... Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I was like, "Can I get a little bit of guac?" And it's a full charge of guac, two fifty. What a you know what, what we like though. What Josh was really impressed. We were at the Chick Fil A drive-through, and he said, "No, no tomato, no ketchup on his sandwich because he's allergic to teas." And they took off twenty cents for taking off the tomato. And, and Josh, was like, you know what? That is really noble of Chick Fil A to to take off. I mean, am I going to miss that 20 cents? Probably not. But just to let the customers know that we're taking care of you, we're taking off that extra 20 cents. Because realistically, how much is that one tomato? Yeah. Apparently, we're, we're, 20 cents. <laughs> there's there's, there's some issues with Chick-fil-A that people have. Mainly, uh, my issue with Chick-fil-A is that whenever I want it, it's Sunday, and I can't get it. When you're hungover on Sunday and you want Chick-fil-A. What a maybe, first world problem. Yeah, I know. You know, um, what super lame. Yeah, talk to Nick us, Saban. Nick. Yeah, he's being super lame right now. He's basically calling out Texas A and M, which we're not fans of because we're Texas fans. But calling out Texas A and M, basically saying they got the top ranked program or the top recruited recruiting class this year, just because they paid their players nil money. Right? If it had nothing to do with that, then they would be nowhere near the top. And my argument to that is. Let's talk about Nick Saban's time at Alabama before NIL was a thing because we've heard murmurs from people across college football who have played, who have been a part of organizations that, you know, or who have been recruited, who have mentioned that those Bama guys had been throwing the bag at players well before NIL was a thing, not just Bama, but SEC in general. So I think Nick Saban is just woe is me right now because his recruiting class isn't as good as the young brother in the sec texas a&m and jimbo fisher just clapped back in a press conference and basically saying this is total bullcrap mm-hmm. um and pretty much trashed nick saban who jimbo came from nick saban's coaching tree right you, maybe i don't have to tell my head i mean both these guys you gotta like both, both these guys have been coaching forever uh but to the point of like, yeah, you know, we're together at LSU, LSU players, coach. Yeah. Players, players being paid in the past. Sure. But like, what about now? Nick yeah. Saban's like, we get three million. They are our 25 players got $3 million and they did it the right. What's the right way here? Seriously. There's no rules. We talk about this on our horns up podcast. There's no rules for NIL right now. So him I- saying the right way, wrong way type situation. There, no. Because there's no rules. So A&M is just operating within whatever boundaries there are. And quite frankly, there aren't really any. There's zero. 
Right so now, what, everything is just going to the highest bidder. I mean, we're looking at Jordan Addison right now, who won the Blitnikoff Award last year for University of Pitt. And he's narrowed it down to Texas and USC because those are the two teams that are probably getting him the most NIL money. Yeah. And you know what? Like, we knew AM did this. I don't care. Like, and the, he's accused. Deion Sanders are throwing a mill to Travis Hunter to get him to go to Jackson State. who's was the number one recruit in the class. And Deion Sanders says it's blasphemous, and he's going to go off and sound off on, on Nick Saban as well. Whether he did or he didn't, I don't care because that's the way the game is being played right now. Fortunately, unfortunately, we've been clamoring for these guys to get paid, and now they're getting paid, and we have, we're up in arms about it. Well, you know what? The NCAA, once again, playing from behind the eight ball, Full reaction mode versus action mode. And this is what this is what happens when you don't set rules and regulations and you just open season. Yeah. When you just allow for this to happen on a whim, which is what the case has been, you're gonna have these kinds of issues. And woe is me is right, Saban. Like he had the number two recruiting right. class. Like, dude, all your your quarterback is yeah. back. Like he's just not the guy that should be allowed to be justifiably upset. Like yeah, if if the, if the Mizzou coach came out, if the Syracuse right. coach came out and was like, "Look, we can't," Temple. you know, like it's Alabama. Like you're you're that you have just as much of a likelihood next year to make the playoffs as you did last year. And right. also last year before the season started, how many times did the did the three of us talk about Bryce Young getting a million dollars before he even played a snap? Exactly. Like, it's a classic case of like rich cool kid who's been in the vip section his entire life now getting upset that more people are allowed to come into the vip section because he was there first it's like you're alabama right and you're nick saban i feel like you should be a little bit more noble about it and just show a&m how you feel on the field you know like just say it with your play nick yeah. knows better he's been in the game for a long time He's going to go down as probably the greatest college football or yeah, the greatest college football coach of all time. And right now he's just looking like a prima donna. Well, the greatest recruiter of all time. No question. Yeah. Well, he gets that, every- that, goes, that goes hand in hand with being a college coach. Sure. Yeah. And like, you know, um, I think it may. Yeah. Cause basketball is different. I think there's basketball. There's guys that are better recruiters than they are coaches, you know, there's like I wouldn't say the best. Co- I wouldn't say Calipari is the best coach, but he's maybe the best recruiter. But that right. does in college it does go. In college know, football a, though, recruiting is right there with scheming. Yeah, it's I'm with you. That's and I'm different. not even necessarily sure that that Saban has that much to do with schematics even anymore in his program. I mean, he kind of lets a lot of the the coordinators take over, and sure that's why saying. they get that's why they get huge jobs. That's why Sarkeesian comes to Texas, right? And that's why Lane Kiffin gets a gig. And that's why Jimbo Fisher, who was one of his coordinators, gets a gig. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm sure that he has a lot to do with the defense still. Um, but yeah, I mean, his his coaching tree is uber successful. And these guys are all at major Kirby. programs. Kirby, yeah, major programs. Um, it's just really off base. It's just, dude, like, you're not the one that should be speaking on this. And we hit the nail on the head, like, if Texas, if it's Texas and West Virginia wants to come out and, and cry, I, I can understand like, hey, like, you know, that sucks because there is no salary cap. You're at a complete disadvantage. 
and this is like MLB without the luxury tax, right. which people adhere to in baseball. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like it's it's like the Yankees basically getting mad at the Dodgers for spending money. Thousand percent. It's a thousand percent what it is. That's exactly what it is, and which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Yankees, which though, is funny because yeah. I know a couple Yankees fans who do get mad about that kind of stuff. Like, eat me seriously, because the Yankees were able to absorb John Carlos ridiculous contract. And when Giancarlo plays, he's fantastic. But they were able to absorb his absurd contract of three. He was one of the first, maybe, was he the first $300 million man in baseball? And they absorbed that contract, you know, like I absorbed that Chick-fil-A Sandy the other day that we mentioned earlier. The quick, for those who couldn't catch. They're going to pay Judge, who, you know, go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code BELIEVE. 50% 50% off your welcome bonus, B-L-E-A-V, betonline.ag. Go there. Aaron Judge is like plus 600 for the MVP. I know the two-way Shohei Otani. I know Trout's been unbelievable in the war, and the defense will speak for itself. Aaron Judge is on a war path, and he was he might, he might have been robbed of that MVP when he lost to Altuve than when they were cheating, sign-stealing. So... This could be his redemption year, and it's a contract year. Aaron Judge is going to get paid. And if he wins the MVP, I know the New York fan base, they're not letting him walk. They're going to pay him whatever he wants. They paid. Oh, by the way, Giancarlo Stan's not only he's not the only $300 million man on the roster. Garrett Cole's there. Mm-hmm. Chapman makes some money. Anthony Rizzo ain't cheap. DJ LeMayhew. Like, shall we run down the entire lineup? Like, everyone was Gallo's contract. Gallo, like, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, what? Are, what are we doing here? You know, if Glaber like, stays, right? Yeah, like he he'll get some cash. Like, you know, it's like the whole thing with like the Red Sox don't want to. We're, we're like inching to pay Devers, inching to pay Bogarts. What are you doing, dude? You're not the Royals. If you yeah. have the money, use the money type thing. And I know this is we're just segueing into baseball. Um, but we did want to talk about some awards and stuff like that. Uh, I think the Aaron Judge plus 600 is a good bet to me. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I mean, especially because he's on the best team in baseball. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's he's been crushing it all year long. The favorite right now is Otani, I believe. But you look at his hitting stats it's not that impressive. I mean, the no. impressive part is that he it's always going to be that he pitches any hits, but every now and then he gets knocked around on the mound and he's hitting below 250 right now uh with only 8 home runs opposed to Aaron Judge's 306 with 14 home runs. So and that's in more at bats too. Otani's has 158 at bats, Aaron Judge has 134. Um Mike Trout has also been playing some great ball. I mean, he's leading I think the league in OPS plus and OPS and war. So maybe it goes to him, but it's hard to say. I mean, judge has just been on fire on the best team in baseball. Yeah. The novelty of the two way thing is going to wear off. It is. That's just, we know how sports goes. It's the LeBron effect. Yeah. People were sick of giving LeBron the MVP. They started doling it around. People mm-hmm. are going to be sick of, they're going to be like, okay, we've seen this before. It's not going to be like this. Wow. Factor. Yeah, well, we like trying new things. When we, sports fans like a good story of like a new player coming up and winning their first award, hundred percent. 
Unless it's Mike Trout. I think think everyone loves Mike Trout winning MVP. Yeah, and they're actually good this year. You talk about the Yankees being the best team. They are, but they are good. Yeah, of course, they're great. And they've they've been able to piece together a nice roster, and their pitching's finally pretty good. Um, One of the things about Mike Trout, I think that we love so much, why we like seeing him win MVPs, which is counter to the LeBron argument, which I think some people also like seeing LeBron win the MVP because we know that we're in the presence of greatness, that the more MVPs Mike Trout wins, the more it solidifies him as quite possibly the greatest player in baseball and and that we're able to witness that. Yeah. The only issue and the only missing piece, of course, and we know because he hasn't been able to get there, is winning, being able to make the playoffs and piece together a championship team. And that's out of his control. Yeah. It is, and which is crazy because the emphasis on winning in other sports has now put that emphasis on winning in baseball. Because back in the day, like, how many rings does Griffey have? How many does Bonds have? These guys don't have rings. Sosa didn't win. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these, these guys don't like, like, how many did Albert has two? Miggy has one, and that was on the Marlins. Never did it in Detroit. Yeah, you know, winning it's it's hard to compare to like those old school Yankees that just like have like ten each. (laughs) When they have Garrett Dimaggio, yeah, sure, it's like it's brutally tough. Really, only has one. They did make runs though. The the Mariners made runs. The Tigers made runs. Like Tigers got there. Mariners didn't get there. They had shots though. The 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 Mariners, right? Like Tigers. I I think I think because it's so difficult to win. That's one thing, right? So, like, the, getting the actual ring itself, like, like you said, a lot of that is out of your control as, as a field player, right? But yeah. you can control the narrative of your team to a certain extent and get your team to the playoffs. Like, you can impact that, and and you also, have to have the help, right? And like this year, it seems like he has the the help. So, yeah, this could be a really big year, not only for him to potentially win MVP. You know, both him and he and Judge have dealt with some minor bumps and bruises as well. So you never know how that's going to affect, you know, making that bad. And, but I still think your, your value, Josh, that you mentioned on judges is, is good, especially if they it remain is. the hottest team in baseball throughout the rest of the year. But this could be a huge legacy year for trout just from a performance standpoint. And mm-hmm. if they get to the playoffs, what they do there, right. He's going to come back for the year. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I mean, think about, think about the way that we look at Kershaw as a pitcher because of his, his playoff successes and failures, right? Like it feels a little well, unfair at certain points that we would be yeah. that critical of certain guys. I know. Cause it's like, once you get into that moment, then we look at you with a much. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's the difference is Trot hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. Kershaw has been there and he's choked in big situations. It's yeah. The pitcher values. The pitcher value is different because the pitcher has like more control on a moment to moment, on a moment to moment basis. So he's gotten more of the but, flack. He shook he sh- he shook the monkey off his back. He got his World Series. He pitched well. He's hurt again too. He was so good. Ugh, he, right. he killed me. He killed but me. Really frustrated. One me. aspect that I'll touch on really quickly about Mike Trout is that you could control to help his team. He's taking less of a contract. And it's easier for me to say sitting in a chair who's just based off a salary that you know is average on you know what Americans make. But Mike Trout's making over four hundred million dollars, right? He's taking away money from his organization to spend other money elsewhere that could mm-hmm. help, you know, get better weapons that can help his pitching. It'd be crazy. You know what? Uh, but some of these guys are wearing a lot of uh, good clothing, right, Toss? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, that's why they're they playing so well. The nicest clothing. 
it is why they're playing so well. And, and most likely, I haven't looked at every single outfit, but from like 70% of the ones that I have looked at, they're wearing 10,000 um, because it is the most elite athletic apparel that's out there. Uh, we all wear it. We all have the, the seven-inch interval short that we are rocking frequently. If I stood up right now, you'd be able to see that I have um, my kind of like eggshell white shorts on with the black band around the midsection. Um, they, they have tons of features like silver ion for odor protection, no bounce pockets, breathable and lightweight shell fabric, no bounce phone pocket, which is the biggest thing for me at least, because I, I don't like when I'm working out, when I'm doing, you know, when I'm jumping rope or uh, I'm doing hit exercises, my phone is just bouncing up and down in my pocket. Um, in addition to the interval short, they, they make gear specific to other types of training from running to Olympic lifting to boxing. Uh, so you can find a short for all the ways you train. The brand believes in being better than yesterday, a stoic dedication to continuous improvement, not overnight success. They have a team of over 200 athlete tests um, who test their gear to ensure the perfect design fabric trims and fit. Some of those baseball players we mentioned are some of those athlete testers themselves. So if you're interested in purchasing some 10,000 apparel, they're offering our listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc slash stripe to receive 15% off your purchase. Again, that's 10,000.cc slash stripe. Mm, thank you. Uh, we only talked to AL MVP, but shout out to Manny Machado. Let's go, baby. Get that get that Padres MVP from Manny Machado, the current favorite. His odds are still solid. What are they before we rock and roll, Nick? They're not uh, bad. Well, they're like plus 375? Yeah, something around that. It's around 400 or, or lower. I think the competition's not as spread out as it is in the AL. But I still like that. I still like those odds. They're almost as good as judges, which we were, you know, professing. Um, fans out there, thanks for joining us. Drag both feet and balance. We're going to full count, rip that puck at that putt. Hit your PKs because they're free and your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. Because they're free. We out you. We love you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.